strapped in the trenches Making moves going all out Every day handle business You know that the hustle don't stop Got my team, let's get it Reviewing books and talk stocks Steady keep it moving So you gon' wanna tune in Get Lowdown, it's an app Get local food on demand Delivery right to your home Everything in the palm of your hand Took hard work and dedication Come through, join the conversation This is history up in the making We just wanna be an inspiration Hey, let's go we are live. Welcome to another episode of Bootstrapped in the Trenches. Just Corey and I today. We've got a very special guest, Tommy Hurd. Great job lining him up, Corey. He is the founder and CEO of one of the fastest growing digital marketing, marketing agencies around the world called T1 Advertising. He's also a shareholder in the magazine of L'Official USA magazine. I did take French growing up. I don't know if I pronounced that correctly. <laughs> Uh, he has engineered concrete scientific solutions to help brands deliver on every key performance metric, sales, Instagram follower growth, primetime press coverage, viral cultural movements in the wild, wild west digital marketplace. Some of these solutions have been touted by the international press as setting the new gold standard for digital era brand growth. And, you know, Corey, I think you helped me do some homework on him. Very curious to hear Tommy's thoughts on if he knows about BitClout yet. Uh, even reading the article that you just sent me, it's clear he's all about disruption in technology, rewards around business retention. And, you know, we've had a constant theme on this show around BitClout for a reason. We've been on the platform for a while. You know, I know you're, you're starting to wet your feet a little bit. Eat, travel, yeah. drink now has a profile on there. Yep. Yeah, it's it's definitely been interesting uh, for anyone listening. Um, you know, Mike's been talking about this for a while. I mean, since it started, pretty much he was at the forefront and he's been on it. And I, uh, yeah, this weekend I, I tested it out. I've been um, trying to find a niche. So I went with my Instagram handle, which is Eat, Travel, Drink, just, uh, you know, pretty much all food related. And I kind of been trying to stay in my lane and, you know, just I, a lot of people actually do post about food and trips and wine. And I've been just interacting with those people in particular. Corey, I think we could together create a, a pretty unique show on that platform off the whole notion of like food and travel and interviewing creators in different places. I, I mean, that's just, it's the one topic that brings everyone together. Every kind of creator, no matter what you, what you do, loves to eat, drink and travel. And dude, how cool would it be to be able to have like showcase different creators where that we go to their favorite restaurants in the communities they live in? Yeah, that I mean, that would be amazing. Or even someone cooking for us in a certain situation. That would be really cool too. Let me just make sure he has the link. Yeah, and you know, for our viewers, I don't know if you've heard of BitClout yet. We, you might've heard us mention it before. There up until now has not been ex an exchange on the platform. You could take money off in different ways over the counter and a very smart young guy named Sigil created a exchange called BitSwap where you could exchange Ethereum for BitCloud and vice versa. But there are talks, Corey, uh, legit exchanges coming on the platform in the days ahead. That's so, awesome. I mean, that, that'll be exciting. And, yeah, uh, if that actually happens, you have to think mass adoption is about to just pop. He said two minutes. Awesome. Awesome. So uh, Tommy will be joining us in two minutes. And I, I really, I think this whole conversation should revolve around the future of digital marketing. Yeah. Uh, you absolutely. know, we gave, we, we intro Tommy. 
He's very a very successful writer. He's done a lot of great things. And I think we have to put him on the spot here since he's such a disrupting technology guy. Let's hear what he actually thinks about BitCloud. And if he doesn't yeah. know about it, I think we need to spend some time highlighting what it's all about for him. I think the reason he definitely, I mean, we'll, we'll, we'll find out, but I think the reason I think he knows about it uh, is because some of his clients are are pretty big. And, um, you know, I, I'm pretty sure he works with Soldier Boy. Um, you know, I feel like some of his clients might be on the platform or maybe not verified yet, but I just feel like word of mouth has spread in that, in that community. Yeah. And, you know, Corey, that's what's interesting too. Even like a Soldier Boy, I don't like, it's interesting how there's been a lot of artists are not on the platform yet. Right. So, uh, but I guess just, I bet a lot of their Twitter mentions, you know, like even, uh, I just keep hearing about people who aren't verified on the platform, but are just, it, their Twitter mentions are going crazy with people on BitCloud, just mentioning these celebrities, like hop on BitCloud, hop on BitCloud. The same way, you know, people are getting celebrities to tweet about Dogecoin. It's just their feeds are just literally bombarded with BitCloud and Doge, all of that. It's, it really is. It seems like Mark Cuban even has been so caught up in Doge world. He made a post about BitCloud the other day that was so wrong, in my opinion, about it yeah. not being social because you have to entice people with coins. It's like, what are you talking about? You're wrong. And yeah. the reason he's wrong, he hasn't been on the platform to see the level of engagement that ensues from that. Yeah, definitely. I didn't fully grasp it until I actually was on the platform. Anyone who doubts it, you should just hop on. Same with anything, right? You should yeah. dip your... Corey, that's a great point. At the end of the day, you could speculate all you want from the sidelines, but the reality is unless you're seeing something hands-on, there's no way to have a pulse on what it is. Yeah. I mean, it's like your parents telling you to try foods growing up and you say you don't like it, but you never tried it. It's true. Same concept. It's true. So you know, speaking of innovative things, I, I just passed in the city um, in Manhattan. I saw a yellow cab that was a Tesla. And I thought that was really interesting because I'd honestly rather take flag down a Tesla yellow cab than take an Uber any day because it gives you the convenience. The best part about taxis is the convenience. You just go outside. You don't have to do anything. Just wave one down. Mm -hmm. Super easy and quick. But then if you actually have a Tesla on top of that, that's pretty interesting. And uh, I feel like that's a good way for yellow cabs in Manhattan, at least, to combat Uber and Lyft. No, I think that, dude, it shows we always talk about the power of labeling and perception. I think that in itself sums up what that's all about, what you just highlighted. Yeah. It was like the whole unique part about Uber when it first launched was like, all right, these are higher end cars. It's like a private chauffeur. That's a cool part. And, uh, you know, you think about yellow cabs, they're kind of like grimy old cars. They're disgusting inside or all beat up. Um, and it's just interesting seeing like a high end taxi. I remember back in the day, I don't know where my family was on a trip somewhere. There was a Rolls, I think it was Jamaica. There was a yeah. Rolls Royce taxi service. So where the cool. woman just literally had Rolls Royce as her cab. It was phenomenal. It's awesome. You never forget that either because it's an experience-driven type of mentality, right? Yeah, and it, especially you read about, um, you know, over the last year, there's been stories about so many New York City cab drivers who killed themselves because, you know, during COVID, there was literally no one's taking a cab. Obviously, no one's taking Uber or Lyfts either. But, uh, you know, taxis were already hurting big time because they pay, they have to own a medallion to drive in the city. And a medallion, if you're not from New York, you have to pretty much 
own this thing that allows you to drive a taxi in New York that literally at one point was valued at a million dollars. And now the valuation is close to a hundred thousand dollars. The medallions. Yeah. yeah. So they went down 10 times in value and people have lost, you know, their livelihood and they're not making that money back. So it's an interesting way to kind of combat these companies is, Hey, just upgrade your car and maybe you'll get more rides. I also, it shows the power of the pivot. Like we always have seen with every entrepreneur we've had on here, our own lives. If you don't pivot, you go extinct. It's very, that's the truth in anything. Business, personal growth, you need to keep pivoting and adapting. Exactly. And that's what's cool about BitCloud to me, Corey. You're seeing how quick things are moving and the synergies that come with people cooperating in one place. What could come of that? Yeah. I mean, I, you know, you really got me onto it just saying like, listen, this thing's going to blow up. Oh, yeah. There we go. Tommy, what's going on, man? Thanks for joining us. Yeah, real pleasure to meet you, Mike. Corey, how you guys doing? We're good. Doing Thanks well, for coming dude. in. So, Tommy, to put you on the spot, just out of curiosity with the world you're in, have you heard of BitClout yet? Yes, I have heard of BitClout. Awesome. So, so curious to pick your brain on this. What do you think of the platform so far? Um, I think, I mean... I think that it's a actually like a phenomenally interesting concept that makes a whole lot of sense and you kind of wonder why something like that wasn't invented previously. Um, I myself haven't done enough like due diligence to uh, determine whether or not uh, I'm actually going to you know start my own uh, token and start my own coin on the page. The one piece of negative feedback that I've heard, but of course it's from the competitors that it's hard to get money out of it once you put it in. Uh, these are all things that obviously, you know, I would research and I would vet prior and in order to sign up. But I think on, you know, as far as the concept on its head, it's an outstanding concept and certainly something that uh, can, you know, help create compound interest, so to speak, for, you know, uh, the social media cloud world. Yeah, yeah man, it's funny you bring up the exchange because there's actually supposedly there's going to be an exchange on there in the days to come from what the word on the street today, at least. But I also am just curious to know, I, I saw when we were doing some research on your background with disrupting technologies and even customer retention for businesses with rewards. What, what do you think the world could look like if you can take even clients of your own and turn them into their own assets as individuals? Um, I, I mean, I think that the, what these you know, platforms generally are doing in this day and age uh, is they're generally essentially creating a system whereby private market or privatization goes public, right? Mm -hmm. um, if you think about it. So essentially, you know, without the fanfare, without all of the fanfare of an IPO, I think the best way to liken it would be just to essentially enable the public to buy in to whatever company, no matter what stage they're at or, or whatever person, no matter what stage they're at. I mean, I think that ultimately our whole system, my whole methodology, my whole process is really predicated around um, establishing brands as leaders in their industries, leveraging their leadership status or their competitive edge into record high conversion rate, record high ROI, record high revenue. So brands can effectively scale at the greatest ROI multiplier for the sustainable long term, which obviously is the holy grail of digital marketing. So that kind of a, I would say, uh, an exchange would be really preferential for my brands because it would help them 
effectively capitalize on everything that I do a lot earlier on uh, by effectively being able to trade in or exchange the optics value that I manipulate, that I control into direct monetary value. Tommy, I think you're going to be, I, for what you're in and what your expertise is, I think you are about to hit such a grand slam where where, where this thing is heading. I mean, I've been on there for like six weeks now. I just, when we were looking up your whole world, I'm like, man, Tommy is in the perfect culmination of what's going on right now. With how digital guys, marketing. How did you guys initially come across me? So my college roommate, Jake Udell, is big in the music industry. Uh-huh. And he introduced me to the platform. Uh, right when it got going. And I, you know, at first I was kind of skeptical, put a little money on there, nothing that I'd lose sleep over. If I, if it was, I, you know, up until now, honestly, Tommy, I still look at it as monopoly money, but in saying that it's been cool. Cause I'm not in entertainment. We've been in the food delivery space. So most wow. of the people on there have been VCs or high influencers in, you know, celebrity Ooh. culture. So it's What's cool. Up, you, could, you could also get on there and you don't have to put any money in. So you could just create an account and kind of just, you know, network with people, growth hack, and you can have people invest in your coin without investing in others, you know, until you're ready to actually throw some money in there. So just getting your feet wet by just signing up and creating an account. It's pretty interesting. Um, yeah. No, yeah. I, I, I think it's really interesting. It's uh you can't imagine my checklist, but it's definitely, it's like item maybe 15 or 20 on uh, a thousand item checklist that I, that I have to run through when I, uh, when I have the time. I'm sorry, guys. I know you guys have been reaching out to me for a moment. Oh, no. Oh, yeah. We appreciate the time. Can you, you go over a day in the life, Tommy, for you? Because we, it's, I've been trying to watch you on Insta a bit. You've got so much going on. It, does it shift week to week or do you have some sort of pillar routine you go off of? Um, there's no routine really. I mean, like today, um, one thing I will say, I'm very, um, I overcame like a pretty significant health illness in my life. Um, and a lot of my success came after that actually. And a lot of my success came late to all of you guys, you know, all of you late bloopers out there. I was one of them. And my success really didn't start until I was 30. And one of the things that I really prioritize is my sleep and my rest. Um, I, you know, I think that kings or that uh, people in power let the world come to them. They don't go to the world necessarily. That hasn't always been the case in my sense, but I allow my body to get full sleep. So some days I'll wake up at seven if I have enough sleep. Other days I'll wake up at 11. Like I woke up at 11 this morning. Like there was, uh, you know, for me, that's number one. If I'm fully functioning, I can just eviscerate and massacre everything that I come across in the day. I woke up today at 11. I, uh, uh, my boy, Soldier Boy, just produced. Uh, yeah, we just hit. saw that. Yeah, Make It Clap, number one on Billboard. I leveraged off of that, got him a second new deal in a week through my brand partner, Amuse, um, which is like the sell like Balenciaga and a bunch of curated luxury re- retailers. Sold a 10K deal to this guy. Uh, then I. Um, then I. Uh, what did I do after that? Then I put together. Uh, a few different proposals, uh, one for a playing cards company out of Saudi Arabia, randomly, uh, another for a couple other brands, uh, hopped on a call with a guy that uh, has a pizza business in New York, sold him on a press package, got a workout in, uh, ate lunch, meditated, came back, while I was on the way back, 
got a call from my boy Jeremy Larner, a top art collector in New York. <laughs> awesome. I was him on the phone. Uh, put the sign, sent him a contract right before talking to you. Sent a follow up to a guy that's number one in the country at selling roofs and selling uh, remodeling and renovation services, especially for storm damage repair. Uh, hop on this call, have to go pick my car up in the shop. Do you have a secretary that takes care of a lot of things for you, or is this all I do? I did, but I fought, I, I've, I've gone through like 12. They typically make my life more difficult. And I'm yeah, sometimes. Life more difficult, yeah. <laughs> so, I mean, it, it just, that's the problem. It just nonstop, like literally like every, Every day, all day. Just Tommy, when did you realize you had a knack for entrepreneurship and just being able to have that next level gear with fearlessness? Because it seems like you're down to put yourself out there in a unique way. Yeah, I mean, I, uh, I mean, I always kind of had you. You know, you have it or you don't. Like, you know, you have a burning desire to succeed, and that, uh, or, or you're just, you know, cool going with the flow and. Cool with what life gives you. I was never cool with what life gave me. Um, I wanted. I had a burning desire to to be who I, I thought I could be in my mind's eye. And then I uh, I had a bunch of uh, many successes followed by kind of more tragic failures during my twenties. Um, and I at the end of those, I got really burnt out, and I I had a terrible uh, uh, mental health illness that really flared up uh, OCD, severe OCD. I was in the mental health. I was in the sorry, the mental ward from June second to June sixth, two thousand eighteen, UCLA Neuropsychiatric Institute. I was fighting viciously for my life even before that, and then after that, in outpatient therapy and working ten hours a day after therapy. Uh, so I went through this really hard period from two thousand seventeen, really through two or two thousand sixteen, really through two thousand eighteen, September October, and it was the best thing that ever happened to me because. It taught me how to go into fear. It taught me how to go into anxiety, how to lean into, you know, things that people don't want to deal with, people don't want to sit with, people don't are not comfortable, you know, accommodating. And how to learn I taught, you know, myself how to inure myself to fear, how to function in fear and terror and anxiety. And because of that, I developed a positive relationship with fear and anxiety. So, you know, I'm a self-made multimillionaire. I started, you know, as a, you know, uh, caterer and a personal trainer uh, when I was 18, my first job. But I think, like I said today on my Instagram, I think I'm a failure compared to who I am in, you know, in my mind. And I'm, you know, happy to call myself out on that. I think uh, I have a ruthless, you know, uh, association with the truth. I have a ruthless association or perspective on transparency. And I just live my life by different terms because I know that if I'm real with myself and I'm real with the world and I'm honest and authentic, that I know how big I can be in this life and I'm not going to settle just for what I am now. I man, your radical transparency is very refreshing because we're like that. And it's rare finding someone that we even have on air where you're just like laying it all out there. And that that's really admirable. Even talking about your past like that, I think vulnerability is way more of a strength than people realize. And for some reason, it seems like in our culture, the last at least few years, especially there's been this, whole friction around just being human where yeah. people are afraid of that. What would you say? What, what advice would you give someone to Tommy? That's just always afraid of taking a chance, whether it's in life in work, that's constantly hesitating. Um, it's normal. I think, I think self-compassion is important. 
um, that there's a fine line between self-compassion and being idle and, you know, and not taking initiative. Uh, but what I would say is that failing is a success. Uh, people really need to reestablish their dynamic of failure. I think failure is a great thing. I think failure shows that you're vulnerable. I think failure shows that you, you know, made, you know, a step forward, that you tried something and it didn't work out. It's a learning experience and, you know, you have to be resilient in life uh, in order to succeed. If you take a look at, you know, anybody that's extremely successful, anybody that we look up to, they really have two things in common. Number one, they failed repeatedly. And number two, uh, they forced life to come through with what they asked. They knew they were so fucking good, they had to break. You take a look at like any musician, any rapper, or take a look at any baseball player, or any hockey player, or any football player, and if they're so fucking good at what they do, excuse my French, then life is gonna have to bend to deliver them the superstardom or the success that they deserve. Uh, and they only get so super good at what they do if they fail repeatedly. Uh, so my advice, you know, is the things that they're feared about is, you know, understanding that going into fear in itself is, is a success, the act of it. Uh, and also, and it's something you should be proud of. And uh, also uh, that failure is a success. Mm. Love That's it. awesome. Thank you for sharing that. And with that, Tommy, do you feel like with how successful you've been and clearly you're so ambitious, does that have any bounds? Like, do you reach a point where you're like, okay, I have an objective, how much money I want to make or what, how do you feel about that whole thing? Well, I'm nowhere near the amount of money I want to make yet, but, um, I, uh, I, I think that living just for money is a bit vapid and, uh, it's a bit empty. Uh, what excites me in a, on a business level and on a personal level is changing lives. Uh, so you take a look at, you know, anybody around me that, you know, is on my team, it's been on my team for a while. Dimitri, he makes around 30 grand a month from, you know, what I do, my vice president. My guy, Dre, makes around $40,000 a month from what, you know, the position that I empowered him. My girl, I have like six, seven guys that make over 10 figures a month for me. Like that's life-changing money for them and their families. Uh, and they didn't start out making, I would say one, you know, I would say maybe one fifth of that uh, if they were lucky. So to me, that's a much bigger milestone. I want to change a lot of people's lives. I'm starting um, an OCD foundation and an autism foundation to help kids that unfortunately had to grapple or grownups that had to grapple with, you know, the suffering type of suffering that I went through and, you know, help them, I would say, restructure, rewire, you know, their nervous systems, which is really important. Um, and yeah, I mean, I think that, uh, I think that, uh, those two, you know, those two elements really, uh, changing lives of people that are gifted and giving, you know, people that are impoverished or, uh, less fortunate or are oppressed by a mental health illness an opportunity is, you know, really what I consider the highest value. That's amazing. Where could yeah. our viewers find your website? Where did what? Uh, where could our viewers find your website to check that out? www.t, like Tommy or Tiger, one, the number one, and then advertising, ing, advertising.com. So www.tommy, or sorry, www.t1advertising.com. And then if you want to check out my profile, my Forbes column, entrepreneur column, or any of the articles on us, uh, you can just Google me, Thomas Hurd, uh, just like it says in the display bar on Google.
Awesome. Yeah. And Tommy, can you highlight a bit how important, because you're a phenomenal writer. I've always loved writing myself. Can you hone in on how important it is to actually be a good writer in today's day and age to stand out in marketing sales? It seems like even I've seen it on BitCloud, copywriting seems to be so valuable and kind of overlooked by a lot of people. Um, I, I think that in the short form content game, you know, having, you know, cool epigrams or cool witty captions, like, you know, witty pipey sayings, obviously, uh, that expresses, you know, how not only a brand feels, but how the audience of a brand feels and that resonates with them is important, obviously. I think that um, there's two really different types of writing, uh, creative writing, and then there's like structured technical marketing writing. I think each are very important because the structured technical marketing writing which is synthesized with, you know, a mathematical basis, for instance, uh, you know, developing, I would say, being able to express and being able to define what a marketing plan is and how that uh, is calibrated to deliver certain uh, performance targets and how that is calibrated to deliver an improvement, for instance, in a brand's conversion rate or a brand's cost per acquisition, that kind of technical marketing has been responsible for, you know, uh, millions of dollars that the company's made. Uh, and then on the creative writing side, um, I think that there's, it, it is important, but fortunately there's processes and there's frameworks that you can use and the framework that we use and I encourage other, you know, I would say journalists or other marketers to use when covering, you know, a topic or a brand is, you know, what is the unique, either the unique selling point of the brand that you're covering or uh, the unique, I would say, point of interest as far as why, you know, this particular subject is important to the readers or to your audience. Uh, what is the tone and tenor of voice that's going to captivate, you know, that audience and that's going to resonate with that audience? Uh, what are the content highlights and what is, you know, the call to action or the takeaways that you want the readers to have from the article? So fortunately, you know, there's frameworks and I would encourage everybody, uh, you know, who uh, is exploring a career in journalism or press or communications, PR, marketing to, you know, uh, find a framework that works for them and that, you know, is optimized for success. And obviously it takes, you know, some time, you know, actually producing that type of work and working with other people and seeing how audiences respond to it in order to refine, optimize and iterate, you know, a model or, you know, a form of writing. Very cool. So change the subjects here, but with your schedule, how often are you traveling now? With I, all your I, I literally travel every four or five days. Like I'm in yeah. Miami, then I go to Turks and Caicos shooting a project this weekend. And then after Turks and Caicos, I go to back to Miami. And then, uh, then I go to- uh, And Miami's your, Miami's your home base? Yeah, Miami's my home base, yeah. Fortunately, this is the, this is the view. Wow. Yeah, not, not too bad. bad. Mike's not too far. Mike's in uh, Fort Lauderdale. Yeah, not too far. Maybe yeah, we can break bread one of these days, buddy. Yeah, Mike, you're you're welcome down anytime, brother. I'd love to have you meet the team. Um, Thanks, so, um, yeah, yeah. So I'm I'm literally traveling every four to five days and uh, meeting client. Like we just signed a client called Station Head in New York. They're democratizing radio the same way YouTube democratized television. That was exciting to meet them. Uh, met with the owner of the Minnesota Timberwolves, Mayor Orbach, who was a client of ours and a good friend of ours um, in New York. Then back here, uh, meeting with a couple of clients uh, this week, uh, and then off to Turks and Caicos to shoot production content. So 
my life is work. My company is me. Well, company is a lot bigger. I have 30 people work under me, but uh, I, I don't separate myself or my life from the company. That's awesome. And that's why that sleep is so important. Like you said, it's as long as you're getting that amount in where you're not waking up and being a zombie, it all revolves around you. So clearly the way you move those, you know, I know people pride themselves on not sleeping much sometimes in entrepreneurship. It's delusional. That's not a sustainable roadmap. No, I mean, the thing is, is that you have to, you know, it's like they say when you get on a plane before you take off, you know, and then an emergency, put your oxygen mask on first before putting on others. If you're not oxygenated, you don't have much to get. Uh, you got to take care of yourself first. And, you know, it's easy. one of the, the hardest things about success is diminishing laws in terms of enjoyment and diminishing laws in terms of health. Uh, a lot of people screw it up. A lot of people work their entire lives. Uh, just to you know, make enough money to pay for you know uh, their cancer treatments or their medical bills when they get sick and run down. That's not what I'm in there for. I've established that because I already went through that. Uh, so you know, for me, uh, the most important thing is yes, obviously I have you know burning desire, burning passion to you know do something great with you know this company and myself, uh, but not at the cost of you know uh, my well-being uh, or my sanity. Um, so. Striking that balance, you know, being able to take care of yourself first, even though it's difficult and take some discipline is really, really key. Yeah, I think that's important too for viewers to hear with how successful you are and how you take precedent and make sure that's front and center or and everything has to t t come after that or else it won't be effective and you won't get to where you want to be. Yeah, it's, um, it's, it's, it's an important realization. I don't think it's something they teach you at school. Uh, you know, the you know if you, if you think about you know even the job system, the typical job system is nine to five or you know eight to five. Uh, you know, school has a, a fixed agenda, and I get that. Like that's you know something you need to go and you know and do and pay your dues effectively when you're you know growing up. But when you get to the level where uh, I'm at now, where you're running a you know, a global business that uh, has, you know, and, and you're not doing a nine to five, you're really kind of doing, you know, a 15 hour, 12 to 15 hour day. Um, you have to put yourself first. You have to set your own schedule. You have to be the boss of your life. Otherwise, uh, if you're on everybody else's time, it makes it meaningless uh, to do. And you can't, you know, sustain this business if you're not passionate about it, if you don't have the gusto, if you don't have the approach. I think things like having a clean conscious, I think things like transparency, I think things like vulnerability, I think things like self-pride, I think things like sleep all tie into this because ultimately a lot of my success comes down to, you know, how much from a logical standpoint, but also how much from a energy standpoint I'm able to, you know, put into my day, uh, put into the discussions I have with clients and align with them on how big we can take things. Uh, and I can't do that if I don't have, if I don't give it to myself first. It's no secret then, it's, you're killing it for a reason, man. And I think people don't realize how success isn't supposed to come easy. And it's a lot of work. And I'm sure you've tweaked some things over the years as you built yourself up, as, we, as we've even talked about. And it's awesome the awareness you have Tommy, being in the food business, we have to ask you a couple of food questions here. Sure, go ahead. For one, what, what's your go-to spot in Miami? 
Um, Pura Vida, like definitely like for lunches. Um, I mean, I just feel like that it always, it's really, and I'm trying to get their contract too. Uh, uh, but um, this is shameless promotion of them before. Uh, just very, I would say, light, you know, healthy food that makes you, that doesn't like slow me down during my day. Uh, and that I would say, you know, makes me feel like I'm functioning at peak, you know, peak performance is, is great. Obviously that's not what I'm eating at night. Uh, and I'm not like the perfect, you know, dietitian, uh, you know, or dietary advisor by any means, but Pura Vida for sure is, is wonderful. And with that whole dietary thing out the window, what's your last meal on earth? Of course, if that, none of that means anything. <laughs> My last meal on earth. Uh, God, what a depressing question. Uh, <laughs> it's depressing, but also exciting. Yeah, I would say baby bag of ribs with like mashed potatoes and corn. Like, wow. I love, I'm like yeah, a That's hearty, Tommy. I like that. Well, dude, we really appreciate your time, and uh, I hope we get to meet soon. Yeah, love what you're up to. Anytime you guys are in Miami, uh, Corey or Mike, just drop me an email. I'll give you my number, or I'll send it to you after after this call. We'd love to host you guys. You guys seem like class acts. I support what you're doing, and uh, uh, honored to be a part of it. Thank you, guys. Thanks yeah. so much. Thanks, man. Yeah, thanks for taking time. Thank you. All right, Bye. talk to you. Have a great day, buddy. That was awesome, man. Great guest, yeah, Corey. We got to yeah. meet Tommy. I really, I like his style. I love the radical transparency. Dudes that just come on, talk about mental health like that. That yeah, guy's No, you know what pumped me up is, it's funny, even though I'm a early, early riser, but most entrepreneurs are always, you know, uh, I get up at 4 a.m., I start my day. And he's just, you know, he showed that, hey, you know, as long as you take care of your mind, get to sleep. You can do whatever he can start his day at 11 and knock out a million things and be up until eight, nine o'clock. And Corey, we've both but, been there over the years with our lifestyles yeah, like, where you, yeah, you've sometimes. had nights where you're working real late or have something going on. And Mark Zuckerberg's highlighted that he doesn't get up till 8 a.m. So, yeah, I don't think I, mean, I think there's been this uh mentality for a long time around even Gary V. I think I love the guy, but where I fault yeah. him, Chris Miller brought this up, he doesn't showcase on these platforms when he's doing nothing on Sundays. He doesn't, but, but he does always say Sunday, I don't do anything, which he I does do say, but it's like, yeah. I, I'd like, even like Tommy was just literally talking about it, walking the walk. I think there needs to be way more influencers highlighting habits that are positive around. Listen, you're going to be able to be successful, but you have to take care of yourself. Yeah. You know? Yeah. And you know, BitCloud, that kind of goes right in line with BitCloud. I just, I was telling you and you know my feelings is it seems like a very happy place where social media is not always happy and uh bitcloud just seems more you get people out that are just positive and you're enticed really to be a good actor we'll see where that goes and uh yeah Corey, and yeah man let's definitely connect with tommy offline if you could just follow up with them thank yeah, them well me you and you and him will figure out a time to get together Absolutely. Um, and appreciate everyone tuning in bootstrapped in the trenches Please subscribe and we will catch you next time. Going to dive into a food coma. Boom, baby. Bootstrapped in the trenches, making moves, going all out. Every day, handle business. You know that the hustle don't stop. Got my team, let's get it. Reviewing books and talk stocks. Steady, keep it moving. So you gon' wanna tune in. Get Lowdale, it's an app. Get local food on demand. Delivery right to your home. Everything in the palm of your hand. Took hard work and dedication. Come through, join the conversation. This is history up in the making. We just wanna be an inspiration. Hey, let's go.